This is All India Radio. Whispers of the Wind. All India Radio in collaboration with Vigyan Prasar presents science serial Whispers of the Wind based on understanding and managing climate change and global warming. Let's listen to episode number 11, an interactive program based on listeners' letters. Hello and a warm welcome. We welcome all our listeners to the special edition of the serial Whispers of the Wind. And it's a pleasure welcoming Dr. Nakul Parashar, Director Vigyan Prasar, Dr. B. Ketyagi, Senior Scientist and Coordinator of this serial Whispers of the Wind to the studios. And of course, we are also joined today by Dr. Suchismita Mukhopadhyay of WWF India. And in the next 25-26 minutes or so, we'll try to take a look at the trajectory of uh, this particular serial, the way it's moving forward. I can see Dr. Tyagi is carrying a bunch of letters and emails also. Plus, there are quite a few other things that come under the larger ambit, the larger backdrop of uh, the serial Whispers of the Wind. And a major, a very important part of that is the air that we breathe around us. I'd like to begin with Dr. Tyagi. This is a special edition. And before we move on to other things, I'd like you to do a brief recap of uh, what all has happened since we last met two months ago. Of course, the weather has taken a sharp turn and <laughs> yes, yes, all of us are feeling the yeah, sweltering yeah. heat. Yes, that time we all were in, you know, woolens. <laughs> and now you can see even whatever we are wearing, we don't feel like to put it on. Okay, since then, I think more than eight episodes, mm-hmm. our listener mm-hmm. might have... listen and uh, during the first uh, episode we discussed about the the total content of the program and mm. uh, the first segment which is just over the last uh, episode was on from that segment and in that we were trying to understand the science of climate change and global mm. warming mm. because generally every factor nowadays we are attributing to you know climate change and global warming mm. it is because of this in this segment including the curtain raiser we try to understand the science of climate change which includes the difference between climate and weather and the factor responsible for earth climate because it's not only the human intervention which has uh, because of which the temperature is rising there are many natural factor as well so without understanding that even the radiation of the sun which is coming which it also has a periodic cyclic you know the change and the revolution and the rotation of earth in its orbit in the past also we have seen there was the phases of global warming and global dimming so we also try to understood those concepts also hmm. and how the climate is in a natural way have changed over the past across the globe so this was also gave us a clue that it's a natural process it's not like uh, it's only no doubt that time this factor there are factor which have enhanced which has you know expedite hmm. the climate change but climate change is a natural process. so in that first segment we try to understood that the whole concept concept that this is a natural process hmm. and if we are facing those extreme uh, you know weather condition all are not attributable to that uh, so called to the anthropogenic factor which is responsible presently for the climate change so okay. this was all about in a nutshell about this thing dr parashar quickly after you took over the reins uh, at vigyan prasar this sort of an arrangement this sort of uh, an interactive arrangement between vigyan prasar all india radio and the listeners how novel did you think that this step was i mean uh, this was the first time you were handling such a no i'm uh, thank you so much this kind of an arrangement 
talking about climate change uh, with All India Radio is indeed a noble one. It's indeed a new one that we all know. We also have in the past been trying to work in a similar fashion through different media that are available, whether it is print, whether it is electronic, whether it is digital, whether it is social. So all four kinds of media that are available, we've uh, ventured into them and our experience so far has been pretty satisfactory. The kind of response, the kind of letters that we have received from our listeners, from people who keep on watching what we've produced and uh, people who've been reading the content that we have created and gotten to them. Uh, Interestingly, in the print side, we have a magazine which is called Dream 2047 and we've been talking about it. Our uh, continuous endeavor in this regard has been to write as many as articles we can from different mm-hmm. people, different sources. People have different perception about what all this climate changes. You just heard Dr. Tyagi talking about various factors and not only, as we all understand, is it all man-made, but it's mm-hmm. a natural process as well. And to make people understand that it's not that we are all responsible for it, we are not the culprits for it, it's also the natural way it's happening. Mm-hmm. So, as I was saying, print media, we had letters, we had responses, we had articles. And in my editorial that I keep contributing on a regular basis, all my four or five editorials that I have written so far, do mention climate change at one place or the other. Mm. Similarly, at a science channel that we have, the TV uh, channel that we produce, uh, where we produce a lot of bunch of movies, documentaries, uh, short films, and we do have an OTT, IndiaScience.in, mm-hmm. which is a 24 by 7 internet-based television channel, does talk about a bunch of these. And if you need to know about them, we have a YouTube channel called DD Science Vigyan Prasar, and you mm-hmm. could probably go and look at the repository that we have created over a period of time. So, uh, indeed, it's a journey that keeps us busy around the clock and especially <laughs> with the rising temperatures, yeah. right, feeling it, right, as they normally keep saying, Bharati Tapesh. So we all feel that heat. Now, if we are in a comfort zone hmm. and the moment we get out of it, we start creating a lot of brouhaha around it. But it's important that we need to remember this and work on a consistent manner, not as a one-off. It cannot be an isolation. Hmm. It has to be a way of life, not a moment of triumph. Dr. Suchismita, Dr. Parasharan, Dr. Tyagi have been talking about, you know, reaching out to the masses on issues related to climate change and other allied things. Have you had any experience of any sort in this sort of an endeavor within your organization where you try to reach out to people? And how was the experience, if yes? What we've realized is that it's very important to reach out to multiple stakeholders. We can't just be talking to policymakers or we can't just be talking within the circles of the think tanks mm-hmm. about climate change and then you know publishing something which is too scientific or too difficult to understand. This mm-hmm. has to go out to different stakeholders. I'll take an example of some of the work that we do with the cities. Mm-hmm. So it's important for the local governments to also realize that they are also part of the problem and they are also part of the solution. So as the cities are growing, right now over 50% of the population is living in the cities. In India, we're at 31% of urbanization and this is likely to go up to 40 by 2030 and much beyond by 2050. And as the cities continue to urbanize, as the population goes on increasing, there are issues of more energy consumption, there are issues of pollution, unmanaged waste, unsustainable use of natural resources. Basically, the entire quality of life and the sustainability of a city keeps going down. And therefore, it's important for the cities to also understand that it's not what they're doing within the city limits, Hmm. but it's also what they're doing contributes to the national as well as the global climate change discourse. You know, like, for example, if I talk about 
uh, there are two aspects to the climate change discussion it is mitigation and adaptation so adaptation mm. is how do you sort of prepare yourselves to counter the impacts and mitigation is what you really do to be part of the solution and when i say impacts is important for the cities to be working on transportation better mm. transportation sustainable mm. mobility that is you reduce the share of fossil fuels reduce ghg emissions from private transport move more towards non motorized transportation mm. towards brts towards better public transport mm. better waste management enhance the share of renewable energy and energy efficiency within the city and in doing all of this the city can't be doing it alone the citizens have a major role to play because we ourselves have to bring about uh, the behavior change the lifestyle change you mentioned the stakeholders well i just come back to you Uh, she yeah. mentioned stakeholders and i was suddenly reminded what happened uh, i think was it last friday or the one before that there's a campaign called fridays for future mm-hmm. and this young student greta thunberg she has been the source behind this and it was a heartwarming eye opener to see students out on the streets demanding nothing extraordinary except i mean clean places and clean air Mm-hmm. so to say so that was really interesting as well as it reading that uh, those articles was, was a learning experience you were saying something yeah i was saying my only worry sometimes is like if we look at the energy consumption pattern in india because we have such a great diversity and the requirement is also different like but how we can like provide a solution uh, to each of them suppose like small production house or medium production house forget about the bigger one changing their overall you know pattern it seems to be a bit difficult so what could be the solution uh, my question is to from you right. yeah so uh, i think we've we've always talked about the jugaad in india yeah but if you look at it more formally i think india mm-hmm. is bubbling with innovation yeah and um, there are several of these startups smaller mm-hmm. companies smes mm-hmm. that have a lot of these innovations that are looking at really addressing climate change mm-hmm. they are looking at very innovative technologies that mm-hmm. can enhance the uptake of renewable energy mm-hmm. and uh, that can sort of bring in energy f- efficiency mm-hmm. more into the picture and some of these solutions would be uh, you know cooling cooling mm-hmm. solutions solar air conditioning solutions mm-hmm. there are demand side management solutions mm-hmm. these are very innovative technologies mm-hmm. that are applicable across bigger industries across uh, you know they can work with the municipal corporations mm-hmm. they can work with residential areas so some of these technologies really need to be uh, promoted more they need a lot of hand holding because mm-hmm. these are very small companies that have an idea but mm-hmm. they don't have the finance mm-hmm. they don't have the manpower they don't have the capacities to really build on it and most importantly they don't have the right business models they don't mm-hmm. have the right business development plans yeah. so i think sort of promoting these innovations can really go a long way in providing the right kind of solutions to mm-hmm. address climate change allow me to pick up a point from yeah. that was very interesting you mentioned cooling solutions now one always used to wonder whether this machine called the air cooler vis-a-vis the air conditioner does it exist only in india i did a search on uh, the internet and i was taken aback to see that even in the us the concept of air coolers is very much there mm-hmm. and this particular debate of coolers versus air conditioners exists there also dr parashar i would like to you know utilize your experience to learn more about this debate it's a very interesting uh, fact that uh, developed countries like us have a great deal of uh, air coolers and for us it's important when we talk about uh, the climate change whether it is the paris declaration whether it is something that we discussed in poland everywhere you come down 
to change and adapting our lifestyles and lifestyles uh, play a very important role if you recall about a decade ago or more than a bit ago we had desert coolers mm-hmm. much in number and they were much more sufficing our needs especially when it is used to be so called dry heat areas like nagpur others where we have only dry heat these are the only solutions jodhpur where these uh, solutions work much better and i think that's a time like we have something called back to our lifestyle that's very important unless we go and adapt them and that's what has been deliberated upon and that's what the entire community that's working in this area has mm. come has unanimously agreed upon unless we change our lifestyles go back to where we had come from and adapt them and see see we talk about reducing the carbon footprint we talk about the greenhouse effects we talk of all these things that have been there and not only you and me but everybody on the street now understands this so i think it's very important the fundamental problem has been climate change and all that stuff but mm-hmm. there is the solution and resolution that we've all arrived at is about lifestyle the, unless we get to that lifestyle we're not going to go there and this exactly reminds me of uh, what professor sujeshmita said is uh, about cities when cities start talking to each other the best practices that you were mentioning about if you could help us understand much more about it i think we'll have a reasonable solution to what we are all deliberating yeah. upon mm-hmm. right so you know it's very heartening to see that indian cities are now part of the change also when we look at the best practices we usually uh, see what's happening in some part of the world you know denmark uh, is going towards cycling and some other cities doing some Thing. but if you look within we see that a lot of the indian cities are now pioneering climate action mm-hmm. they may not be looking at it as climate action but what they are doing has really definitely has a big impact on addressing climate change and uh, let me talk about some of the things that are happening in indian cities and very well i'd like to talk about um, there was this program called the 100 resilient cities program under which uh, some of the cities actually went down to developing mm-hmm. their resilient strategies the city of surat has now come up with their resilient strategies mm-hmm. it is being uh, now uh, the other cities like pune and the others are now following them they are also coming up with these strategies which is a very comprehensive document that talks about exactly what the city needs to do to safeguard itself whether in terms of flood whether in terms of heat whether in terms of even down to road safety so what is it that makes the city really really resilient to the impacts of climate change and other urban resilience issues and then there's the heat action plan in Ahmedabad which talks about the extreme heat events so when the city is hit by an extreme heat event mm-hmm. the hospitals know what to do the civil society knows what yeah. what to do and the general mm-hmm. citizen on the road knows what to do mm-hmm. so multi pronged multi pronged there's a pro- forecasting system mm. though, so the citizens are already informed much in advance that there is a likelihood of certain mm-hmm. such an event you know then these uh, things like uh, better waste management practices in indore which has really championed the cause yeah. they are doing excellent work yes, on yes, waste yes. management and it has gone down to the citizen level so what i mm-hmm. hear is that now the citizens themselves demand segregation mm-hmm. so when there are people coming in from indore to uh, a household in delhi and they see that there is no waste segregation mm-hmm. they ask the question mm-hmm. isn't that mandatory here mm-hmm. you know examples like these and uh, of course transportation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are excellent BRT examples. The mm-hmm. bus rapid transports are mm-hmm. taking up very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Metro, of course, is a bigger investment, yeah. but for bigger cities, again, that is also a solution. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think a lot of cities are now moving towards uh, non-motorized transportation. They are promoting cycling, making better walking tracks. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the examples that exist mm-hmm. and which need to be discussed. And basically, cities need to be brought to one platform where they can talk to each other, get encouraged, and not feel that this is something that can happen or maybe it might happen, but it's something that Or it's not happen. a sign of backwardness. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because are, this is. 
much advanced yes. and we are thinking ahead. Yes, yes. And I'll request uh, Dr. Tyagi to start touching the letters, letters. now because yeah, it's a yeah, very yeah. important yes, part yes, of yes, our yes. program. I think uh, uh, today I'll take the first letter which is uh, slightly pointing out to us one mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a letter. Let's be candid about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a letter 